Him. You need to grow in Him, and you need to be grateful in Him. But since we live in the flesh, man, it, uh, it, it's got to kind of start with this whole gratefulness, doesn't it? Hey, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you're so grateful for a moment? Think back of a moment where you're so grateful and in a situation where you're so grateful. How many of y'all were in a grateful situation ever? It was the most grateful, awesome thing ever. And you're, how many of y'all never wanted that to end? You think of one of those. How many of you now, and please don't raise your hand, just come see me and we'll meet later and talk. But how many of you would be in the middle of that grateful moment and say, dude, I really wish this would end. I really hate being great. I really wish I had a situation to be, to be ungrateful for right now. Get rid of all this, this, this great situation and let me, let me now be ungrateful. Anybody ever do that? When you're in a grateful moment, in a grateful vision, how many of y'all wish it away? Besides Zane. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, I really wish I had some trouble so I could grow. No. <laughs> yeah. We grow in all of that, but when you're in a grateful moment, what do we always say here? When, when you are grateful, everything is what? Great. Everything's great. But in order to get into that grateful moment, what's got to happen is you've got to be what over here? Grounded. grounded. You've got to. Grounded. And as you are grounded and you grow in him, then you become, help me out, guys, over here. You are what? Okay, thank you, Nina. I saw that right there. There you go. Yeah, all right. All right, so you're grateful. So let's take a look and let's see. Uh, two simple verses today and what he showed us. But I want you to, as I was studying this, as I was praying over this, as I was meditating over it, I saw something. Um, man, I even forget. I posted it. I don't even know who, who, who wrote it. But it was talking about the Word of God. And, and the Word of God, we have to dwell on it. We have to chew on it. We have to meditate. It's almost like a washing machine. You know? It's almost like, dude, you know what? I, 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 last night I took some chicken, man, and, and I took some jerk seasoning and put it all over that chicken. And I wasn't going to cook it till this morning. What was the purpose of putting that jerk seasoning all over that chicken? To, make, to marinate it. Because what was going to happen while it's marinating? It's going to do what? It's going to change. It's going to get some flavor. In order to have the flavor of Christ in your life, you've got to marinate in it. I, if I would have just taken that chicken and threw a little jerk season on this morning and threw it in the pot before I was making that chicken noodle soup, jerk chicken noodle soup, man. Man, if I were just to do that, it would not have nearly the flavor that it's going to have because it's been marinating. Chris, marinating, right? Leaving those seasonings on, the rubs on, all of that stuff. It's all, that's what the Word of God's got to be like in our life. It's not like some, oh, well, I read my daily bread, <laughs> you know, or I did a little, did a little devotion. That's better than nothing. But man, you know what he wants us to do? He wants us to meditate on his word. He wants us to marinate in his word. And you know what it changes? It changes our mind. That's the battlefield between God and the devil. When we marinate our mind into the word of God. And as I was marinating it, uh, as, as I was marinating my mind in the word of God in these two little passages of scripture we're going to see today. What he was really showing me is that if I really want that grateful mentality, if I really want to be grateful for everything, if I want that spirit of thankfulness and gratefulness, which all of us want, I've got to be what? What do I got to be? I've got to get grounded in his word. And I've got to do what? I've got to grow in that word. And then the result, the fruit of following him, the fruit of being grounded and, and growing is being grateful. But how many times in our life do we just want the end result? Isn't that where we live? 
Dude, I just want to, I don't want to marinate, I want a microwave. <laughs> That's your morning devotions if you do one. And I'm not cutting you down. It's better to have some word than no word at all. But how do you, let me ask you a question. How many people's minds are marinated on social media? How many of y'all got your minds marinated on that? Mine is sometimes, yeah. I saw a really cool meme. Um, it was my son's uh, in-laws. And it was, a, it was, I think it was a dude on a couch like this with his uh, computer. And his wife had a thing of shrink wrap. <laughs> and she shrink wrapped his face to the computer. <laughs> it was like, that's not what we do. We marinate our minds with our, uh, with our social media. We marinate our minds on the news. We marinate our minds on our jobs, on our on our hobbies, on our, but we've got to change our mind. We've got to, to have the flavor of Christ. We've got to be marinated in that. And I'm not even talking about cooking today, but thankfulness is the fruit of following. That's what he was showing me as I was marinating my mind in his word. I want that gratefulness, but it's not a microwavable thing. There's a process to get to that. And when we change the flavor of our mind, it changes the flavor of our life. You want the flavor of Christ? You need to marinate it in Christ. You become like the one. How many of y'all know you become like the ones you hang out with? Yeah. How many of you are like your relatives you didn't want to become with now? After the holiday. That's why you're in church today, so you get back to normal, right? I'm messing with you. So let's check a look at this. Look at this. He says, and now, just, Paul tells this kind of a culmination of after what Seth preached last week. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. He gave you the desire and ability to say, yes, I, I don't want to be judged based on my sins when it comes down to eternal judgment. I don't want to be judged on mine because I'm guilty. I've messed up perfection. How many of y'all messed up perfection already? How many of y'all messed it up just since you've been to church? Yeah. And, and, and so he, I don't want to be judged according to that. I want to be judged according to what Christ did on the cross, which is perfection. So just as you accepted that fact because he gave you grace and, and peace, the ability to do that, and you accepted Jesus Christ as your what? Lord. Hey, what does Lord mean? Hell, uh, uh, is, that a, is that a supplemental hell insurance policy that you tag on? What does Lord mean? He's your master. Yeah, we don't like to talk about slave and master, but honestly, that word servant in the New Testament is better translated as slave. And you are, he is your master. If he's not your master, he's probably not your savior. It's a matter of surrendering everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him at some point in time. And then, and then if you do that, you're there. You know, uh, in order to get electricity to this, to this uh, thing here, what do we have to do, JJ? We had to plug it in, right? Did we just plug it in one time, now it works, and, and I yank it out, but now it, it doesn't. Will it still work if I yank it out of the plug? But yet that's how so many people have looked at their salvation. Oh, yeah, when I was at camp, there ain't nothing wrong with camp. Camp's a great place to get saved, man. Camp is a great place. I've seen some great decisions. I've seen them in revivals. I've seen it in service. I've seen it during tough times. We plug into Christ. And, and just like the Jews in the book of Judges, we got it all going. We got it all going. And all of a sudden, all right, everything's good. And we unplug. And we go back to our old life. You know, Jesus talked about a parable of the soils. And, and the parable of the soils in, in, in that. There's th four kinds of soil, and, and only one of them grows fruit. There's only one that's saved. There are people that, that, that never give their life to Christ. There are people that give it to them, and then when things get tough, they back out. There are people that give their life to Christ, and then all of a sudden they get busy doing other things. But then there's people that, dude, it's all you can do. Hey, can you unmarinate that chicken I had last night? 
Right now, you know what? It's cooking. It is cooking in a pot with all kinds of vegetables. Does that not sound good, Ashley? Dude, it is cook. It is simmering in a pot. Could I, could I pull it out and say, dude, I'm sorry, chicken. I didn't mean to marinate you in this and not be marinated. It's got the flavor. And that's what happens as we live in Christ. And so look what he says. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must what? Continue. It's not like I plugged in. Yep, June 27, eight. I gave my life to Christ. Now I'm living my own life. No, that's not, that's not it. Once I plug in, I'm plugged in. And in fact, you get eternal life. How long does eternal last for? Yeah. And so he says, you must continue to do what? Follow him. So let's take this. He's going to use the illustration of a plant at first. And I was, dude, I swear, I was going to go to Home Depot and this morning or Lowe's, and I was going to buy a tangerine tree just because I want a tangerine tree. But I, I was going to buy a tangerine tree, and I was going to bring it in here. And, and let me ask you a question. If I have that tangerine tree, and it's in a little pot right here, what would happen if it's all ready to grow, right? How many times should you transplant that tangerine tree? Once, because you leave it in that pot, it's got, it's got to go into some land where it's going to grow. What happened, Chris, if I pull it out and said, here, this is like you, put it back. What if I transplant it, pulled it out, put it in, pulled it out, put it in, pulled it out, put it in, 20 times during this message? What would I do to that tangerine tree? I kill it. Yeah. He says, you must continue to follow who? Him. And so the point in following him is don't get distracted and start following some diet. Start following some exercise regime. Start following some plan. Start following some program. Start following some church. Start following some pastor. Start following some friends. Hey, help me out. Start following some hobbies. Start following what? Throw some more things out there. What are things we follow? Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Football, yeah. <laughs> Are, are, there any, are, are there any Patriot fans here, or are they at home morning? <laughs> but anyways. But look, he says you continue to follow who? So when you, you're like that tangerine tree, and you're supposed to be planted in who? Him. Does he say pull yourself out and replant yourself in another pot? This year, I'm going to replant myself in this pot. This year, I'm going to replant myself in this pot. I'm going to move here. I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. Boom, boom, boom. No matter where we go, what we do, we're following who? Him. And that's what this is about. You must continue to follow him. Don't try to follow these Judaizers and please them because, man, they're not going to follow. They're not going to go with you anyways. Don't make the same mistake Chick-fil-A made. They're they're not going to accept you anyways. You know, oh, we're going to follow these guys that are in light. We're going to try to please everyone. No, we live for an audience of one. And who do we please? Yeah. We please him. We please him. We do what he wants, no matter who doesn't like it and who doesn't want it. And boy, is that going to be even more and more and more important as time goes on and the lines are being drawn. If they can suck Chick-fil-A, scare the mess out of Chick-fil-A. And I'm not getting all political on you. I ain't going to say too much more about it. I think Chick-fil-A caved, and I'll just leave it at that. Not, not saying you're going to hell if you, if you eat Chick-fil-A, all right? But I'm just saying, dude, they were our stalwart. They caved. <laughs> that gives the enemy hope. That gives the enemy, man, and, and it also discourages believers. That's why you need to stay strong. You stay firm and continue to follow who? Him. You plant yourself in him, and that's it. Don't start planting. Be careful of where you're planted because look at this next part here. Where you put your roots is everything. 
Where you put your roots is everything, man. Hey, did you know this area around here didn't start growing oranges until around the 80s? Do you know where most of the oranges were grown in Florida prior to the 80s? In Central Florida, in Orlando, in Central Florida, all there. Dude, I got goosebumps, man. Remember when I was a kid, dude? We would go ride our bikes to these little clay pits, these little pits, and we would catch fish, and they'd be surrounded by tangerine trees, man. We'd pick a tangerine. Man, the best tangerines you ever wanted. You didn't want tangerines? We'd go to another lake, and there were navel oranges everywhere. Go to another lake, there were Orlando tangelos everywhere. Any kind of orange. I love Valencias, man. I'd cut those in half, eat them out, and the man, oh, oranges. Kumquats. Anybody like kumquats, man? Just pop the whole thing in your mouth, bam, bam, bam. Man, we could go, and, and guess what happened to where they were growing all those oranges in Orlando around the 80s? They started flattening them. They made reasons, oh, yeah, the, 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 this, that. You know, bottom line is the next generation didn't want to farm. Next generation could sell it to a developer, and all of a sudden now, you basically, they're set for life. But when they started growing those same oranges down here in the 80s, do you think they tasted the same? No. Hey, Orchid Island, Zane, you know anything about Orchid Island? What did Orchid Island be, what, what it used to be before it was covered with mansions? It was orange groves. Did you guys know, and up in Vero, there's Orchid Island up there. Did you know that there was a special orange that only grew in Orchid Island? An orange that you cannot duplicate anywhere else. Because guess what? It doesn't grow. And the soil that you put the roots down into determine everything of how it's going to taste. Any of y'all been to Haiti with me? Dude, and we get into Don Don and them ladies come and they've got bananas and Timolis and they've got, oh, remember the avocados? You know, I, I, the lady come up and I, I took the avocado and I'm cutting it with my pocket knife, giving y'all slices and you're, oh my goodness, this is an avocado? Yes, it's an avocado. Why does it taste so good? Because of the soil that it's grown in. Can you grow one hydroponically? Can you grow one artificially? Can you grow one in sand? Can you grow? Yeah, you can make it work. But it's not going to taste the same. And so where you put your roots is everything. Be careful. Where you put your roots is everything. Look at the first part of, of, of Colossians 2.7. He said, let your roots grow down where? In your church ministry. In your neighborhood, in what you love to do, in no, he, you put your you if your roots. How, how many people in church have have dried up as spiritual people because their roots aren't in Christ? They're in a program, they're in a system, they're in something they like. Oh, this is comfortable. I like coming here. This is good. I'm telling you, you can even go to church. You can be in the midst of a ministry. I've been in ministry in 30 years, and I've had times where I have totally dried up because everything that I'm doing is to try to get this ministry going, keep these people happy, do all these different things, and I neglected letting my roots grow down into who? Yeah. Him. It can happen in a church. So let me ask you a question. Can it happen outside the church? If it can happen in the church, buddy, you can better believe it's going to happen outside the church. I'm not saying church is bad. I'm not saying programs are bad. I am just saying that in your priorities, the first thing you need to do is what? You need to be grounded. you got to make sure your roots are in who? Yeah. Not some podcast. Not some daily devotional Bible or book you bought. 
I'm telling you what you've got to do, man, is you've got to just open up the word of God. Hey, if you're a believer, who lives inside of you? And, and who wrote scripture? The Holy Spirit, he God breathed it. So you have the author living inside of you. You open it up and you read it. Do you not think the author's going to help you understand what you need to understand? Now, does that mean we don't talk to other people? We don't look at us? No, but what we need to do is we need to sit and marinate in the word of God. That's how we let our roots grow down into him. I think it was Spurgeon. Oh, no, it was John Piper. Somebody. I used to hate John Piper, but I, don't, I just didn't like his style. But he had a, he had a saying that uh, I, I posted it this past week about that if we teach and preach and publicize a God that is not the biblical God and to make converts, then we don't have converts to the true God. We have converts to a false God. And we're not doing evangelism. We're doing deception. How else are you going to know who the real true God is unless you yourself dive into the word of God? And I'm not talking about, I'm going to read the New Testament in the morning, the Old Testament at night. How many of y'all tried that before? <laughs> how many of y'all been successful? And please raise your hand. There's people that are. But how many times do you find yourself, oh, I got to catch up for the last three days? You know, and, and what I'm talking about, just open it up. God doesn't have a timeline on this. There's nothing special about New Year's to New Year's. Open up his word and just start marinating in it, reading it, reading it until he tells you to stop and say, what do you want me to do with this? And do it. And then pick it up the next day. Well, systematically, I won't. Who cares? You don't even know you're going to be alive a year from now. Jay. Not that you're not going to be alive a year from now, but did you have any, 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 any wildest dreams? Did you understand everything that would happen in this last year in Dominican Republic? Not even a clue. And you thought you had got it all together, but instead it was like this, right? But look what God did when you saw in a year of us sending what happened and what she did. Man, and who was in charge directing it all? Him. Dude, you got to just open the word. You have a question. What, I don't know what this means. Just take what you do know what it means. The word of God's a meal. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so, again, you take a big porterhouse steak, man. We can go to Guy's Meat Market and buy one about that thick, can we, buddy? And we can cook that bad boy up. And, and how many of y'all, if I give you a big porterhouse, how many of y'all put hurting on that right now? All by yourself? Yeah. I might be paying for it. I might have to get a bigger sweatshirt. But, dude. Now, let's put Keone, let's take it downstairs. How, how much can he eat? How about you vegans in here? I know you're vegan, right? How, so I put it in front of you. What are you gonna do? You're gonna be like, whoa! <laughs> That's why we don't give it to you, man. It's all good, but, but what I'm saying is, if I put it in front of Keone, he's not gonna put a hurting on it like Zane is, and like Chris is, and Chris is, and other Chris is, and <laughs> I don't even need you to help me cut it up. If God didn't give me a fork and a knife, dude, I can eat it off the bone. Ask my wife. I used to embarrass her all the time. <laughs> Aren't you glad I don't do that anymore? <laughs> but whatever God wants you to get from this giant porterhouse of a book of scripture to get, do you not think he can cut up a piece for you to digest? Do you think you have to have somebody else always tell you what you're supposed to digest? You know... He wants to have a living, thriving, 
dynamic relationship with you. What if you always had to have somebody always tell you what your wife would say? Oh, wait, that's not going to work. Right. Already happened. No, I'm just joking. Seriously, how intimate could any relationship be if you always had to have a middleman? Man, just get into the work. Look what it says, Paul, the first thing he says. So you're not deceived because, again, help me out. What, what's the first word? Grounded. And grateful Christians are rarely they rarely go astray. You want to be grounded? You've got to be grounded in the word of God. Hey, let me ask you a question. What did God use to put this world into existence? A word. He spoke it into existence. What is it that you have on your computer right there? His what? His word. What is it you have on your paper right there? It's his word. Do you not think there's much, as much power in this word here as there was in the word that he used to speak the world into existence? His word. You got, want to be like Christ, you've got to marinate in him. And so let your roots grow down into who? Yeah. Into him. Yeah, but dude, I love this podcast. Oh, I love, we have so much supplemental food that we're eating. How many of y'all figured out finally that, that, that the, the real food we're eating, not spiritual food, but the real food we've been eating is, has not been good for us? Dude, when did they put all them preservatives in that? When did we become allergic to peanut butter? Oh, my goodness. How many of y'all would have died if you couldn't eat peanut butter as a kid? How many of you die right now because you do eat peanut butter? Yeah. Just the same way the world has changed the food we eat. And the way they grow it and the way they nurture it, do you not think the devil would love to do that to the church? You've got to get into the word, man. You've got to be feasting on it. It's there for you. And if you can't understand anything of it, you need to give your life to Christ. Because when you surrender your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. He lives there forever, and he's the author, and he will cut up little pieces. He'll even chew it up for you and regurgitate it if you're at that level. And sometimes I am. Sometimes he just throws me the whole thing, and I'm gnawing it off the bone, man. Sometimes I'm eating regurgitated word from him, but no matter what, I'm getting some nutrients because he's the one who's given it to me. So let your roots grow down into who? It makes every difference in the world where you put your roots. Hey, Seth, in seminary, were there any guys that put their roots in the auspice of Christ, but put their roots down in seminary professors? Put their roots yeah. down in a seminary class? Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> At times. Yeah. Even there, it's not hard. You have got to feast on his word. Put your roots down into him. And again, whatever he says to do, what do we do? do we do it. What do you want me to do now, God? Do it. And if you take every step he wants you to take, will you end up where he wants you to end up? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So let your roots go down into him. Okay, so look at this next part. Okay, shoots come from the roots. All right? So over here, we got to start by being what? Grounded. Grounded. Now we've got to, come on, tell me all of you guys. One, two, Amy, please. Just, if you do it, everybody else will do it. All right, one, two, three. Grow. Yeah. You didn't have any problem doing that over the holidays, but... But listen, once we're grounded and we're grounded in his word, we start to grow. Man, we start to grow in all of this. Look what he says next. So he said, let your roots go down into who? Yeah. And let your lives be built on yeah. him. You see, it's not a ministry. It's not a class. 
It's not a job. It's not a career. It's not anything but who? Just like Paul's saying in that whole book of Colossians, Christ is all you can handle. If you can handle more than Christ, you're not handling Christ. He's more than you can handle, but he's only going to give you what you can handle in him. And whatever he wants you to do, do it. He's all you need. He's all there is. Let your roots go down to him and let your lives be built on him. Hey, so, so your roots have everything to do with what kind of shoots you're going to produce. You know? Um, the roots go down. And, 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 and so if you have a fruit tree, um, is it okay just have roots? Anybody ever, like, dig up oranges? <laughs> like potatoes, <laughs> you ever dig up cherries, <laughs> you know, dig up guavas, you know, no, how many of y'all didn't even know what a guava is, <laughs> they grow wild in Florida, man, they're good, they smell like skunk, you either like them or you don't, but he said, let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him, hey, if I have the roots of an apple tree, what kind of tree am I going to grow, yeah, if I have an orange tree, trick question, what am I going to grow, I'm going to grow oranges, yeah. They, they're built on sour orange. It's a sour lemon, sour rootstock. And this is kind of interesting. I've shared it before. You know that verse in James where he says, help me out. He says, he says, be slow to speak. Oh, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to what? Slow to blow, right? He says, because the wrath of man is never going to produce the righteousness of God. And he says, but instead, let the engrafted word of God rescue your souls. That word engrafted, check out what it is, man. In, in citrus, you have a root stock, and you have to cut that root. You have to cut the stock that's growing. As you're growing, God's going to cut you. And when they cut that, guess what they do? They'll take buds from a, from a branch, and they'll, they'll graft them in. And in fact, you can take a root, you can take an orange tree, and you can cut it and put buds in from a tangerine tree, from a grapefruit tree from a, a, a navel tree, from a tangelo tree, and guess what? You can grow all of those and sell them to tourists. No, I'm just joking. You, you can grow all of those, all from that rootstock. But what has to be happen in order for that bud to really grow? What has to, be, have to, has to happen to the tree first? It's got to be what? It's got to be cut. How many of y'all, every time you get cut, you get, you get upset? I was going to say butt hurt, but I ain't supposed to say that in church. How many of you, every time you get cut, you get upset? Oh, God, please remove me from that part. Oh, God, fix it. No, do you understand? He's got to cut the stock to be able to engraft the word of God. How many of you ever been through a tough time and he gave you the word of God to plant in your soul? And he puts that in. He puts that. He, he, he guards it. He protects it so that it can grow. And guess what? Fruit then grows from the end of that. But you got to be cut first. He said, let your roots grow down into him. Then let your lives be built on him. Now, does the tree have to be cut all the time? Do you always have to graft more branches in? No. But you got to graft them in at some point. So sometimes you're going to get cut to get those branches grafted in. But there's other times where you just grow and you produce fruit. But what's the key? The key is growing and it's built on who? Him. Yeah. In other words, you try to graft your life into someone or something else. How many have ever sold your soul to a job, to a company, to a business, to a church, to some organization, only to totally just disregard and let you down one day and find it? Anybody done that before? Anybody but me? Yeah. I don't need your testimony, but 
Yeah, I'll never forget one time when I was getting ready to resign from a church because God was moving me. And, and I told this guy who was a mentor, and I said, hey, I'm going to resign. He said, well, you better do everything you're going to do because the minute you resign, you're a, you're a lame duck. Oh, no, these people love me. Oh, no, they love me. They'll, dude, the day I resigned, I was nothing anymore. I couldn't believe it. And I've had that happen in businesses, wherever, but it won't happen with him. You build your life on him. It doesn't matter who you work for. Doesn't matter who you're in that relationship. What I'm saying is you build it on him, and that's eternal. So let your roots go down in him. So the first step is to do what? To be? The second part is to? Grow. And grow means to take what he's grounding you in, take that word of God, and, and to do it. Hey, how many of y'all have ever gotten God, had, had God through his word share something for you to do? And you're like, I can't do that. It's too hard. No, I can't do it. I'll, I'll do it when all these other things line up. I'll do it when it's easier. I'll do it. No. That's what takes faith. It's cool when he gives you jobs that you can't do. Paul loved those jobs because Paul said, when I get jobs that I can't do, guess who has to do them? When he said, I, that's why he loved his weaknesses. Because he said, when I have jobs I can do, I don't really like those so much because guess who has to do them, Mac? Me. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. So you see the common denominator? Because grounded, growing, grateful believers rarely go astray. It's when we start getting grounded, we pull ourselves up from his grounding, and we start, start grounding ourselves in something else. We ground ourselves into the New York Jets. How would that be? You see what Tannehill did? You know, you see what Tannehill did after he left the Miami Dolphins? They beat the Patriots last night. And I was sitting there thinking, as I was doing dishes, cleaning up, making stuff, I was thinking, man, Tannehill played for the Dolphins. (laughs) What a terrible gig he had, but how much did he learn? Man, when he escaped and didn't get sacked in that one last play, you know where he learned that? With the defense, with the offensive line of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I'm just saying, he learned so much playing for a bad team that now he's got a better team and it's like, dude, this is easy. <laughs> and that's what God's got to do sometimes in that growing. You think he's grateful today? Yeah. He's grateful he played for the Dolphins. He's grateful he's not on the Dolphins anymore. <laughs> you know? Let your roots go down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Whatever he's got in store for your life right now, man, just realize it's for your good and his glory figure out what he wants you to do. don't miss what he's trying to do in it let your lives be built on him look at this next part and fruits come from the shoots hey let me just say something real quick i've said his aim for but but where does fruit grow does fruit grow on the trunk it grows out on the limb man so all of you folks who are afraid to go out on the limb you ain't gonna get no fruit I'm just saying. You want to stay, you want to be a tree hugger, spiritual tree hugger, and just hug the root, hug the, hug the trunk all the time? You ain't going to get no fruit. Sometimes you got to climb out on the limb. Hey, when you climb out on the limb, you were just cutting trees, weren't you? Yeah. And you're a big boy, aren't you? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. did any of them trees feel like they were going to give? Yeah. yeah. No, he was in a high lift. And he thought the high lift was going to give, right? What I'm saying is you climb out on the limb to get some fruit, and it's a scary place sometimes. But remember, that's where the fruit is. It's out on the limb. Fruit comes from the shoot. So unless you're grounded in Christ and you're growing in Christ, you won't have fruit to be grateful for unless you're always just counting on somebody else to give it to you. 
That's why some people come to church. They're hoping to get a piece of fruit because they don't get it all week long. And you know whose fault that is? Your fault, if that's you. You can have it all the time. Even when God gives you situations like Job, and that's as far as I'm going to go, you can have fruit, can't you, Seth? Yeah. You can learn things. So fruit comes from the shoot. So it's got to have your roots in Christ. You've got to grow in Christ. And then look what he says. Let your roots grow down to him. Let your lives be built on him. Let your lives be built on him. Then, look, then, only then. What is then? I know, I, I missed it. Let your root, did you? Oh, you added that. Okay. You know that there, do you know there's a curse when you add to God's word? Even PowerPoint? I'm just saying. All right. Let your roots grow down into him and let your life be built on him. Let your life be built on him. Then, look at the then. What does then mean? Next. Yeah. Can you just start, Vicki, can you just start with the then? I want to skip all of this and I just want the then right now. Justin, can you have just the then, all that? No. Then, if you do all this, then this happens. Look at the then. Then your, your what? Your faith. Faith is what it takes to follow. Because when you're following, you don't know where you're going, don't know how long it's going to take. It's what is necessary to follow. Can you follow without faith? No. Then your faith will grow what? Strong. Because it's not that you're so good at predicting the future. It's just you start trusting the one you're following. That's why your mind's got to marinate in him. Man, read the Bible with a telescope sometimes. Read just giant chunks and see what it was like for faithful people to follow God. And, and, and it's, it's awesome because most of the people that you read about in scripture would not be hired by spiritual people today. They would not be considered successful because they don't fit into the molds, they don't fit into the plans. But what they did fit into was the weird calling God gave them and they were faithful to that. They were full of faith for whatever you say, God, I'm doing it. They were so counterculture, it wasn't even funny. So he said, then your faith will grow strong in the truth. Hey, if you're, how many, hey, Seth, have you ever had your faith strong in the lie? Huh? Back before you got saved. Yeah, yeah, before you got saved. What do you have a degree that you were talking last week? Your degree, aren't you a microbiologist or something? Or? Oh, just a bachelor's. Never mind. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I, I, let me ask you a question. Does it really matter whether you're whether you're sincere about what you're sincere about? Does it matter whether you're sincere about the truth, or or is it just as good to be sincere about a lie? Is it good to, to be have strong faith in a lie? Are there a lot of people in the world who have a strong faith in a lie right now? Yeah, I'm going to show you about sincerity. All right, this is no longer Jesus. Well, yeah, let's just pretend it is. And, and I'm going to hit you in the head with Jesus, Chris. But I am so sincere, I believe that it will not draw blood. I believe it will not hurt. I believe it's just going to turn into a marshmallow, and, and it's just going to, it's going to be amazing. How many of y'all want to see this amazing feat where I hit Chris in the head with Jesus? I'm sincere. Hey, let me ask you a question. If I, Cowboy Bob, if I hit Chris in the head with Jesus right here, what's going to happen? It might hurt a little. Yeah. Is it going to draw blood? Yeah, if I do it right. Does it matter that I'm sincere? Does it matter if I'm sincere and I believe it sincerely? It's not going to hurt him. Does that matter? No. You know what matters? is being sincere in the truth, having strong faith in the truth. 
There's a lot of people who have strong faith in a lie. You've got to have it in the truth. You're then, once you are what over here? Help me out. Grounded. Grounded and you are growing both in him. Then you are grateful for him because your, your faith will grow strong in the what? In the truth. And the truth is how long is the truth going to be a truth? Forever. How long is a lie last? It says for a moment. Until someone comes up with another lie that can deceive you. The truth is good forever. He said, now you will go strong in the truth, which, look at this, this is interesting, which what? You were taught. So you already know it. Paul said, I gave you through Epaphras everything you already needed to know. You just got to follow Jesus. That's your, that's your game plan. And then he says, then you will what? What's the word? Overflow. Overflow. With what? Hey, Susan, when you're grateful, everything is what? Everything's great. And do you want to end that moment? If it's grateful and you realize what that gratefulness is, where the root of it is, you will have no problem continuing to be what? Grounded and growing because you know it's going to result in gratefulness. It's a reason for you to be grateful. But it's only when you marinate your mind in Christ that you can see everything from that perspective. And that's what we're here to do. We've got to see our life from God's perspective by being grounded and growing. So we can be grateful. Hey, do, do you think the world notices grateful people? Oh, he's got kicked in the face. <laughs> Look at that, man. It's They're like, why are you happy? Well, I didn't like my nose anyways. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just, but I'm just saying, if you find reasons to be grateful, that God gives you reasons to be grateful, why he's actually allowing this in your life. And you can, you can give the glory back to him, man. Don't you think people think that's a little weird? They think it's a little weird. Like, like. Your, uh, your cabins, dude, that's awesome. How many people would probably not sign up for that cabin? <laughs> They're looking for a few more stars. But I think that's awesome because that's exactly what God wanted, and that's more my style there anyways. I really don't want sheets and all that stuff. <laughs> so look what he says, man. If you want thankfulness as your fruit, how many of y'all want thankfulness as your fruit? How many of y'all would love to just be thankful and grateful for everything? Isn't that a command in scripture? Be grateful for everything. How many of you have a hard time with that? I do. But if you want that to be your fruit, your roots must be in Christ. So one more time, all of you guys, everybody just stand up. We're almost done here. One more time. I know your rear ends are getting a little sore anyways. I'm watching some of y'all getting up kind of slow and gingerly here. But all right. So, so here's the key again. Help me out. One, two, three. Grounded. Growing. Grateful. Believers rarely go astray but it starts with your grounding that upon him being grounded in him you grow in him then you're grateful in him and you won't go astray and that's why he wrote this let's pray father thank you for loving us father thank you for giving us this word in colossians um father as seth so eloquently put it the church has never really changed much we all have our moments where like a drunk chick at a bar yelling at somebody at some point in time. But we need to be set straight. We need to be sober-minded. And that's where your word messes up our, our thinking. As Jade even put it, we're, we're stinkers and sinful and we need the Lord. And we're grateful for that for salvation. But so often we need our mind marinated in you so that our perspective can be changed and we can soberly see things from an eternal perspective. 
and see what really matters and what really doesn't. What's going to matter 100 years from now and what's not? Father, help us to be grounded in you, in the truth that you have, and not be deceived this year. Help us to grow in, in Christ, in our relationship with Christ, through your word, which he's even called the word. And help us not to just be grateful for whatever circumstances come, whatever situations happen. Help us not just to be silver lining people, but be grateful that we have a relationship with a God that knows everything, can do anything, and is everywhere, and that loves us and has a place for us in heaven forever and ever when, you're, when he's done using us. So, Father, help us be grateful in such a way that our gratefulness can never be taken away. So my prayer, Father, is that you marinate our minds. And we make time for our minds to be marinated. And we see life from your perspective. But I pray, Father, if there's somebody here that's never given their life to Christ, somebody who all they've got is their faith, their faith is strong in maybe a job or maybe a, a degree or a system or whatever it's strong in, but if it's not strong in you, Father, I pray you'd show them the fallacy of that. Show them the problem with that. That it's going to change. Father, I pray you give them a desire and ability to surrender everything they know about themselves to everything they know about you. In spite of the fact that they don't know what's next. If it makes them feel any better, Father, help them to understand none of us know what's next if we're following you. We know heaven's next, but we don't know really what's next after after this much moment, so many things could happen. But we find great joy and thankfulness and gratefulness in following you. So, Father, I pray you would give somebody faith to be able to turn their life over to you for the first time. Not just so that they can have peace here, but so that they can have a home in heaven. Which is where we will be much longer than we're ever on this planet. So, Father, thank you. And I pray that this year we'd be grounded, we'd be growing would be grateful and you would use those things to keep us from going astray and I pray for these things in Jesus name